What's up guys and welcome back to another episode of Keeping Up With The Commanders. In this episode, I'm going to go over my rankings of the top quarterback prospects in the 2022 NFL Draft. We are a few weeks away, about a month from the NFL Draft, and every week I want to do and focus on a specific position group. This week's going to be quarterbacks, and I just want to look at the top prospects and rank them. Like I said, this week is going to be quarterbacks, and even though it is unlikely that Washington will draft one with the early round picks, I still want to say my thoughts on them. So far, I've looked at seven guys, and I really think these seven guys are the top seven in the 2022 NFL Draft in terms of quarterbacks. And at number seven, I have Nevada's 6'4", 216-pound quarterback, Carson Strong. I don't really like Carson Strong in general. That's why I have him at number seven in a very, very not-so-great quarterback group. And I kind of think of him as a day three pick, like a late fifth and sixth round pick. I don't even think that he should go in the fourth or fifth because, I mean, he reminds me a lot of Matt Ryan in terms of his of his mobi mobility. Uh, he's more of a pocket passer. He doesn't really like to roll out. And even though he stays in the pocket, he doesn't really have a lot of awareness in the pocket. I mean, this is kind of partly because of Nevada's not so great offensive line. But still, Carson Strong should know it, like where the pocket is and if if he has to roll out or not, which he isn't even that great at doing anyways or throwing on the run, which I don't really like. He also forgets to throw the ball away a lot, which is kind of a th common theme, one of the many common themes actually in, the, in this group of quarterbacks where they just forget to throw the ball away. They try and force something that's not there and they end up throwing a bad interception or taking a bad sack or fumbling instead of just throwing it away and moving on to the next down. Now, I have Carson Strong as a day three pick, but I have seen some people have him as their quarterback one and go, really going in the first round, which I can I can see why they have him in the first round or whatever, but I don't think that outweighs the negatives. I mean, his throw power is one of the best, if not the best, in this entire draft class, and that's one of the main reasons why people have him so high up, but I just don't think that outweighs just his IQ or his like lack of mobility at all, and I still think that he is going to be the quarterback seven in this draft. Another good thing about Carson Strong though is his size. He is one of the he's the biggest, if not I guess one of the biggest quarterbacks in this draft class at six four two sixteen. I mean, this is definitely going to help him come uh, going into the NFL because he's going to need to see over these bigger offensive linemen and defensive linemen rather than in college when a lot of the guys are smaller. And so this definitely will help him if he does start, I guess, somewhere. I don't see it happening, but I guess for a preseason game or two. Now at number six, I have Western Kentucky's quarterback, Bailey Zappi. And this is going to be really controversial, putting him over Carson Strong. But I really do think he's a better overall player than him. Once more, Bailey Zappi is a pocket passer just like Carson Strong. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks, I would say, in the class, probably top two or maybe top three. And he can definitely thread the needle on like uh, crossing routes across 10-15 yards downfield in between the linebackers and the secondary. Now, his awareness in the pocket is also really good, but this is partly because of the offensive line that he has, which is one of the best, if not the best, in the country. And it had a 2.2% sack rate, which was the best in the country. So he, Bailey Zappi, he never really got sacked. He never really got hit. He basically had all day in the pocket to throw, and this also led him to have the all-time record for most touchdowns in a single season, breaking Joe Burrow's record 
as Bailey Zappi finished last season with 60 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. One of the major disadvantages, though, of drafting Bailey Zappi is that he hasn't really played that much competition. I mean, he's been the quarterback for Houston Baptist for a few years and then Western Kentucky, and you don't play teams like Alabama or Notre Dame. Those teams aren't on these schedules of bottom Division One schools, so in FCS schools in Houston Baptist. So that's why a lot of scouts and stuff are hesitant because he hasn't really played that much competition. But in the competition that he has played, he's done pretty well. I mean, that 60 touchdown season last season. Now, I really want to put Bailey Zappi as a fourth rounder or I, I even want to put him as a late third rounder, to be honest. But NFL GMs aren't appreciating Bailey Zappi's greatness. And so that's why I'm going to give him also a late fifth, early sixth round pick as well. But I definitely think he would go before Carson Strong, even though I don't think GMs would let that happen. At number five on my list, I have UNC's quarterback Sam Howell. There's a pretty big gap between Bailey Zappi and Carson Strong and then Sam Howell. I'd put Bailey Zappi and Carson Strong on one tier and then Sam Howell a tier above them. Howell has one of the best throwing arms in running games in this entire class, but his awareness on what to do and when to do it is a big reason why I have him fifth on my list and not higher. I mean, he can run really well. He can, like, stiff-arm defenders if he needs to, but his pocket awareness when he's dropping back to pass, there's always a clock on his head in his head that goes off, which is good, right? But sometimes he doesn't double-check that there's anything there. So someone pressuring him on his blind side, a clock goes off in his head. There's no one on his blind side. There's no one. Like, he's not getting pressured, but he feels like he's getting pressured. So that causes him to roll out and try and force something that he doesn't. Like I said, forcing stuff that is not there is a common theme between all of these quarterbacks. So Sam Howell is going to be my quarterback five. Again, if he can fix these awareness issues in the pocket, I definitely think he could move up to one of the best in the class. At the four spot, I have Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. He was the first prospect I st scouted, and something that stood out to me was how much Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss ran RPO with him. Almost half of Matt Corral's passes last season were from RPO, and he recorded a 75% completion percentage from this. Keep in mind that most of these passes on RPO were pretty much first read or were very, very short passes. And even with this, Carson Strong, Kenny Pickett, and Bailey Zappi all had a higher completion percentage out of RPOs and all were above 83%. So making three out of four passes on a short pass for Matt Corral, I mean, is a little bit iffy if you're looking at some of these other quarterbacks. But Matt Corral does have a good side with him. He does have a strong arm, and he can definitely truck people, and is pretty mobile like Sam Howell, although his size is he's a little bit shorter than Howell, and Matt Corral can easily throw the football 50 yards downfield, but he can't really accurately hit someone 10 to 15 yards field, so there's really no point of throwing deep ball, chucking deep balls every single play 50 yards of whatever downfield if he can't really hit a short to medium route most of the time. Now we enter the top three, and this is where I'm having a struggle ranking these three. These three are definitely my top three, but the order is definitely a little bit of a struggle. First, right now, at the number three spot, I have Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. He is by far my favorite quarterback in this class, and he took a Group 5 team to the college football playoff for the first time, which an undefeated season until, again, the very end in the semifinal against Alabama. I would also say that Desmond Ritter is the second most ready NFL quarterback in this class and is one of the smartest, if not the smartest, I believe, in this class. His vision of the field is really, really amazing to look at. And also I would say that he has a great balance of running the football and passing the football. He knows when to do what 
and when he does have to improvise uh, when pressure like comes on him then he just he improvises really well and it's really fun to watch him play the one downside that I would say or the biggest downside of Desmond Ritter is his accuracy he definitely has some accuracy issues short and mid-range I haven't really seen him throw a lot of deep balls uh, Cincinnati they like to run the ball a lot and have a bunch of short quick passes but I think he can definitely fix that uh, in the NFL and I actually think he's probably going to be a starter up in one of these teams uh, three years from now. So for the final two spots I have Pittsburgh's Kenny Pickett and Liberty's Malik Willis. Both of these guys I have tied right now for my quarterback one and I can't really give one of them the edge right now. Starting with Pittsburgh's Pickett, most he is the most NFL ready quarterback in this draft and he had definitely had some better awareness than Willis I would say. I mean, people remember him for his fake slide and stuff. That definitely was an interesting play for sure, but his accuracy is, in my opinion, the best in the draft. He doesn't, not a lot of competition accuracy-wise. There's a lot of people that can show sparks with their accuracy and then have a really bad interception or something. I think Kenny Pickett is the most consistent with his accuracy. It might not be the best, but he's consistent enough to have good game after good game. The hesitation of taking Kenny Pickett is that he is a solid starter at best. Like he's not going to be a Pro Bowl, multiple Pro Bowl, and a Hall of Fame quarterback or someone that's going to win the MVP or Offensive Player of the Year. I don't really have a high ceiling for him. I think he's just going to be like an average, maybe a bridge starter uh, at best. Now with Malik Willis, he is the most explosive quarterback in this draft, and I don't think anyone is going to say otherwise because. This kid, he's got the running the running skills of Lamar Jackson. He's got he can throw it down the field really easily, and he has he can throw it off of like one foot off balanced, rolling out of the pocket, and connect his on his target twenty yards downfield. And I would definitely say if a team if the team that drafts him wants to play him week one, which is unlikely as most owners have or most GMs have talked about him being starting two three years from now. But if some if he does start week one, I think that there is a chance that he wins Offensive Player of the Year if he does have a good year. The thing is with Malik Willis is that his accuracy, like some other quarterbacks in this draft class, is very streaky. You have one flawless drive where he basically does everything correct all the way 80 yards downfield. And then the very next drive, very first play, he's going to throw a pick six. So... This is the biggest problem, and this is, I know a lot of other quarterbacks in the draft have that same problem, but Malik Willis, I'm the most worried about with this. There's no doubt that Malik Willis could go pretty far in the NFL, but he does need to clean up his game for him to do so. And with that, that is my top seven quarterbacks in the 2022 NFL draft. Next week, I'm going to be doing running backs. There's some pretty good running backs like Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker to look at. I have some thoughts on them. And thank you guys for watching another episode of Keeping Up With The Commanders. See you guys in the next one. Peace.